0: Hey everybody, this is Petey from Spinner Rack, and today I'm doing a video on the Legion of Superheroes. But I had these, I think I showed you guys these, um, Treasury, these, well, DC had the Collector's Editions. And, um, as Superman got a bunch of, um, original material in these Collector's items, like, um, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, Spider-Man, um, Shazam, uh, Captain Marvel. The Legion superheroes got a reprint of the classic material as same as Superman, the sort of action comics number one. But then they did original material too. Right? They did the wedding of uh, Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. Now, just to kind of go over this book, I just want to show you how the dynamics of the Legion changed over the years. Now, if you imagine... We did a video on Mort Weisinger, and he was doing a. Um, he was expanding the Superman line, so it also it had Superman, it had what um, it had Action Comics, the thing that started it all. They he expanded to Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal, and um, Lois Lane. And I bring that up because Superboy follows the same thing. They had Superboy, but they also had Adventure Comics. Now Adventure Comics would house Superboy, sometimes would have Supergirl. And Supergirl doesn't get her own title till 70, so that's a little less relevant to this. But The Legion, The Legion was a title that didn't get its own title for a while, right? It stayed in action, it took, uh, sorry, it stayed in Adventure Comics for a while, it, um, it was like, it somehow it became, it rarely got the covers until close to before Supergirl took over Adventure Comics. And then at some point when Supergirl got her own title, which didn't last very long, the Legion came back to Adventures com- Adventure Comics. But they had a very simple dynamic, right? Now, at the same time, you look at this cover, there are millions of them, right? There are a ton of characters to deal with, right? So this is why you have to do expansion, right? You have to decide, you know what? I can only do six to eight characters in a storyline a month. Or I can try to break it up, but it's hard to do three million characters. And then you also have, who at some point was the anchor of the book, Superboy, needing to be in it, and he's from two. Two time zones. He's from, you know, the timeless area of Smallville. And you go into the, it was the 30th century, right? So you had these things, these dynamics in the book, right? So, and we had all these characters. And this is, hence why the X-Men, and you got X-Factor and New Mutants and all that, all those other books, Excalibur, is that when you have a title where it's a constant membership drive, you get a lot of characters in here, right? So if you look at this cover, the Legion is fully rolling, but you don't see characters like Duo, Damsel. You don't see Bouncing Boy on this cover because they had to get rid of some characters. They had to (laughs) marry them off and have them exit the title, right? Because it was getting too big because you had Superboy front and center and then you also had all these Legion. And the Legion was kind of a book, which is, I think, um, do I have the Burn issue? Burn talks about it, about not liking, as a kid, not liking the Legion because they're mean to Superboy. There's very much a um, gong show aspect to the Legion, right? Because not only did Superboy go into this test where they say, hey, your, po- your powers aren't really that unique. Bouncing Boy went through it. Wildfire went through it. Wildfire went through it, died, seemingly died heroically, and became the um the standard that they would then reject people. So this gong show aspect to the series lasted for a while and almost and then also got the Legion of Substitute Legionnaires, also. So this is just giving you an overview of this. So I'm not gonna get into why well, I want to do this because this is, these are fun stories. Fun. Um, I guess this from this one from the '60s. This, uh, this is from the '70s, but the reprint is from the '60s because in the in what was it in Adventure Comics or the back of no this this is from Adventure Comics. It would be um, the um, the Tales of the Legion of Superheroes. This would be there. There would be the short stories that they would do. Shooter would write some. Obviously, all of the classic ones were done by. As I said, Edmund Hamilton, Otto Binder, Jerry Siegel. There were a few others mentioned. I don't. I thought I had the um, companion, but it seems like something that I might need to get again. But ultimately, this would be a classic sort of Legion tale, like five or six Legionnaires against one of their villains. This is more Drew the Merciless. You see the dynamic. I think this is Kurt Swan and. Jack Abel, right? And you'd have this thing, because there's so many characters that you could draw on on a page, right? So even though the Legion is pretty packed with characters at this point, they just sort of cast the characters they could um, deal with and they would do stories with them, right? And you see this really clean, clear stuff, Some start middle of the story, have like a flashback like here. You had this sort of dynamic. It was just your meat and potatoes comic book. And this is a fun sort of story of telling you how they captured Mordru and then how he escaped and then him following them and injuring Superboy. And, um, and like doing old school sh- shooter style, explaining to you everything that you don't get in the thing of that it's magic, him having magic powers can hurt Superboy and stuff like that. And the thing of at some point. I think they also get into possible interest between Superboy and Dual Damsel, where he sees her as being pretty at some point in the story. But they have to hide, right? They have to hide in the story. And at the same time, while they hide. Mordrew kind of takes on um a lot of Lang. Right? So this kinda of, they go fast and loose with Superboy's identity, because at some point obviously Pete Ross knows who he is this in this story too. And they become boarding students. So all the Legionnaires, this is um Shadow Lass, Shadow Lass here. She put uh, she becomes a boarding student and they gets to come visit people in Smallville. And, you know, so you can't people who are readers now probably couldn't Understand this book these days, but yeah, this story has the mob in it, it has everything it has Mordrew, Trials, Superboy loses his identity, the whole thing. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's, yeah, it's just a basic, fun story. Um, very clean, understandable artwork. You get to see it, the, you know, you get the small town and this timeless sort of area. See, Mordrew and the mob. So it's got everything in the story. and um, Not really much about, you know, um, the day-to-day, but a lot of sort of human stuff in here. Duo Damsel doing some cool stuff, right? And there, see here, Superboy checking out Duo Damsel. So you got a little romance thing going on in here. The mob takes over because <laughs> superboy is missing you got so much cool stuff in here right so you see this dynamic work for them but it's a surprise if you look at it all of outside of supergirl all of the a char- lot of the characters that were introduced in Superman as I said got their own titles you had superboy and um, you had J- Jimmy Olsen and Lo- lois Lane but this book would had all these superheroes either feeling that they might need Superboy, but they would I think they wouldn't they, I don't think the Superboy comic had them appear a lot they started appear, appearing as backup stories. The Tales of the Legion went to the back of, um, back of the Superboy comic, but um, they were constantly in adventure comics, right? So you had R.O. Oh, so before I get to this because I didn't really give you the story, I just want to give you an overview of this stuff and then, um, you know, if things go well, we can do a bunch more of these. But um, we go to this page here, right? So this, this story is not in, in this book. But they took, the, you know, this, this scene that appeared in Superboy 200, right? They have the wedding. Right. Look at all these Legion. This is Dave Cockrum. This is where he came to prominence, knowing that he could do a lot of characters. And, um, you know, you have the Substitute Legions there. You got Superboy, of course, Shadow Lass, Princess Projector, Karate Kid. They even got freaking Martian Manhunters out here. Obviously, Bouncing Boys here, duo Damsel. Lightning Lad and um, Saturn Girl. You also have Phantom Girl, who's my favorite. Um, and of course, Dream Girl's up there. You have a bunch of other substitute ones in there, too. Outside of that, um, Supergirl, who is from present day, where Superboy is from whatever age the, the, the Smallville, whatever age Superboy is from. So it's kind of different timelines, but they both kind of show up in the book. And where is... Cosmic, but did I miss him? Cosmic Boy should be somewhere around here. Hmm, maybe something I missed here. I'm not seeing. Oh, here he goes. There's Cosmic Boy, right? And let me find, I gotta find mon I can't go, can't leave this without finding Monel. Of course, another favorite Ultra Boy. Timberwolf. Uh, it's a lot of them, right? But this is cool. Gives you a lot of the their locations and whatnot. This is, I think, is all Kakum. Back to the story where Superboy forgets his identity. And this is the lead-in. They have these two, his best friends, having to tell him he's Superboy. You know, meaning that Lana has to find out again that she's that he's Superboy. So there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um and then it the ends gives you a list of all the characters that are there. Right? So I showed you this one, and uh, ooh, that's 12 minutes. There's a lot to go, right? So since regretfully, even though Neil Adams only did covers, I think Adventure Comics has some of his um, covers with the Legionnaires on it, we have this book done by Mike Grell and Paul Levitt, whereas the other one's a shooter. This is uh, Paul Levitt, who's a mainstay on there. We get a lot of the dynamic of the Legion changing, right? The dynamic of the Legion change where Neil Adams, his Avengers, and, of course, his X-Men come on the scene. And then you start to see that sort of dynamic in the figures of, of Mike Grell's figures, right? And we also have some, a couple other mainstays. James Sherman and Jack Abel, you see him again, right? And you get to see sort of like a, not exactly like it, but sort of a, that sort of bodies where these teens have these adult sort of bodies, even there's some shots where you see, now this is another story where you see they're getting married and here's Smallville. Smallville is an afterthought. Superboy is still a big deal in the series. But small village is just like we're getting out of here. We getting to the cool stuff in the what's it? The thirtieth century, right? Yep, thirtieth century, right? Still looks like a kid here, but here it kind of looks like Superboy. Getting to that Superman because you really getting to that Neil Adams sort of figures. And I can I give you a shot? I already did one with it, but. Kind of Neil taking these teens and having these teens that have way well past puberty with um superhero heroic figures, which is also um what Kirby kind of did to the X-Men, kind of moved away from his teen, his teen hero bods and went to this Kirby capital letters Kirby thing. This story is about Superboy Goes to the Future and it's a little more militant than it was, and their passwords, and clearance, and all this stuff going on. And Superboy is telling the Legion that things have changed. It's like, no, there's these rules. <laughs> he said, I mean, you got to explain. They get attacked. You get to see this kind of Neil Adams kind of deal here. Not a, you know, like, his sort of spaceships in here. And Superboy's kind of telling them what's going on. And they're like, no, you're like, you got it all wrong. You have to have passwords and all this stuff. And they tell that the UN broke, you know, fell apart, and then there was these explosions and all this stuff. And Superboy is saying everything is kind of wrong. Karate Kids still like, hey, this is what he said, but then we have another wedding, right? So once this is the thing, there's so many of these characters, these weddings lead to them exiting. Right? And I think the next story. No, in this story, they're supposed to exit the team. And, you know, we know that Bouncing Boy comes back. And, and um, obviously, Saturn Girl and all uh, But the wedding was kind of how you take these characters out. And at this point, um, Wildfire is the leader, but he's a little hot-headed, along with his name. And Superboy's kind of telling them there's stuff to do. But some people still believe in Superboy, so... Superboy stays with some of them and the rest of them go off with um to fight, you know, this this threat that they're facing. Right? And we see them captured. They were, they're captured by these guys. And, you know, this story is... Yeah, this is a definite fun story. I'd like to do this one, you know, um, go through it a little slower. But you can see the Neil Adams dynamic had taken over kind of the book. Right? And um, I guess I don't know. How should I do this? Just quickly give you um... with Mike Grill being there, at some point, he's like the mainstay on the book. Just here's some things that I haven't opened up yet. But you see, there's a this thing, there's an ongoing thing between the two of them. Where they kind of at odds, but Superboy is very much a mainstay <clears throat> in this title, always on the cover, sort of like the same way, um, the same way like Wolverine and the X Men, like the he's kind of the linchpin, or even like Superman's pal or uh, Superman's girlfriend, those type of titles where they kind of are still the lead character, right? And at some point, because people talked about. I think it's this cover here, which has, this is another reprint issue. And Jim Starlin kind of comes in here with is um, it Paul Levitt, but it doesn't stay too long, right? It doesn't wind up staying that long. But then we also have the, because Jim Starlin's I think an upstart guy with Walter Simonson, I think so. James Sherman is also one of those guys. One of these issues. And he gives this a little more illustrative, you know, illustrative type of look to the book. Superboy still a mainstay in the book. Um, I believe this one might be. This is issue 250. Yeah, this is the, actually, this is the reprint issue, right? And this leads to the big controversial issue where they doctored up a Jim Starlin book. It was co-written by um, Paul Levitt. Type of deal. So that's another story for another time. So this all leads to the Legion finally getting their own title. That's as I said, Jimmy Olsen got a title. Um, they have sort of the X Men type of logo going on here. So it's like this is the Buys has him struggles with seeing future future events. You know and um seeing his future because they have so much tributes to um you know his family there and him you know superman and whatnot he's getting to see things that he shouldn't see and um they decide to help him help wipe his mind so he won't remember these things and he goes off to never return now at this point the legion i wish i still had but doing this quickly Legion goes on, and um, Paul Levitz, Jerry Conway starts to take over the book some point around then, and the Legion start to try to get rid of some of their close-knit stuff to the X-Men, right? Because you can see this logo is similar to like the X-Men. They go back to sort of a DC type logo, which would be their classic logo for a long time, right? And even in this issue, You know, even though Timberwolf came before... Well, this is one of my favorite artists, Pat Broderick. I actually bought this issue off the stands. And um, it's a gorgeous issue. You know, it has a lot of the X-Men stuff. These grown-up type of teens. You know, big, you know, Superman-like muscles. But they're teens. And you got... um, Who's my favorite at that point? No, Minella, I think, is my favorite as out of the guys i like lightlass show yeah i like there's so many of these guys i like but it's hard to do this many characters right and dream girl good lord right and before i to end this one so the, the neil adams dynamic stayed with the book and the book was pretty successful. Right? And I just wanted to bring up this thing because this is like parasite guy. Where they fix they pay fix Timberwolf's face. Now Timberwolf looked you know like he had this face originally and then they worked it back where he got back his regular face. And so it's kind of getting itself out of the anything that was the X Men outside of the, the the dynamics of the comic. The look would be the Legion zone, right? And at this point, Superboy has been back, but he's still he's just a part time member of the team. He's not a regular guy. So the Legion goes on, the big success. The the Keith Giffen joins it. I think the issues before that are just as good. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Espionage Squad, but they scratch it out and say the Legion Suicide Squad. You have the Darkness Saga. You have the, you know, Keith Giffen and Paul Levitt. Their long run on the title. They get a Baxter issue, meaning that they get a direct sales only title. So the book is really moving. And then they they changed the regular Legion title to the Tales of Legion. It's been going on for. I don't know, is, is it up to, would it would be up to 400, i have to check. But then, you know, ultimately, with any sort of expansion, and I think this, no, it's actually, this is not, I just think the dynamic of the series changed when um, Keith Gibbon took on took it on as, right. you know, as storyteller of the Legion, right? So we get this sort of, um, this sort of Days of the Future Past, uh, this book is similar to I guess more like the the British stuff that you could see in two thousand AD. Like that type of dark stuff and it has the the four panel grids. So you get sort of this dark sort of thing. Even this issue with um keep given Doing Monel, this is his goodbye to the series. And let's keep going. You still have this sort of darker type of storylines, right? And um we have one that's not in the back, but um, yeah. So you can see the dynamic change. Ultimately, whether I mean ultimately, some point in this this take on the Legion, they went back to them being younger, a little bit younger than you would see them in here, and um, it was still rolling. There was a couple of present day Legion stories, just with Legion with them um, like Shield. It was like L dot. E dot, you know, G dot I dot O dot N dot 89, 88 for every year. They would be like the precursors to the Legion of Superheroes that took place in our present day. So they were just stories in space. So you had the regular series, the Tales, which I think slowly died out. And the Baxter edition was the main edition you had on um, those Legion ones. And then next thing you know, this reboot happened well after the Burn reboot and um, the comic industry kind of tanked and it doesn't allow itself for expansion. So I've always kind of said that, you know, this darker look to the series, which would be um, this series here, would be a lot different than what we kind of know as the Legion, I guess I can show you some Of the what I think would be the classic, obviously, the classic stuff is the stuff from the you know, I guess the 50s when they appeared, and then the 60s at Jim Shooter. But we, you know, one of my favorite storylines is the Reflecto storyline, you know, which led into the return of Superboy type of deal and figuring out what happened to. To um, what happened to Ultra Boy? And, and this was all the the of the Legion, Espionage Squad, which was their Suicide Squad, and then of course the Great Darkness Saga. All right. And, um, ultimately, if you get the trade, it spoils the story, because it's a mystery, right? But they kind of spoil the story, and I guess, but, you know, at the same time, you have some present-day type stuff. When you look at it, they still kind of try to keep that earlier feel from time to time. It's still kind of alien type of space stories with a little bit of, um, Neil Adams type of dynamics, but you can see here, at times they would still try to get back to that old fifties or sixties flavor of heroes. Right. And of course you have another wedding, the wedding of two main of Princess Projected, Karate Kid, that sort of thing. So it was a book that was plain, you know, fairly successful. It survived up until the '90s. That is a great run for a title, which we sh- I showed you some of the early issues. You couldn't, well, editorially, you couldn't do a Legion story without Superman on the cover. He was the headliner. He's on the top of all these things, and we have this point. It's 1983, and you have. Karate Kid having a lead picture. You have the main legion here and the super, you know, the characters with the S's in the background. So it's a interesting period where you started out and the DC editorial, without any opinion of it or that, I'd have to look at... I'm going to see if I can find the... Um, what was it? My... Um, the Companion. If I don't have it, I'd probably buy it from... Was it tomorrows and get the digital copy and look through it again to bone, you know to see but it's interesting to see how this shifted where the the legion never really got their own title from when they were introduced well into the seventies and it's not till you know which what year is that you' also have to imagine that when Superboy was out. It was a bi-monthly title. Like, when it first came out, it was six. I don't know. For its entire run, it was six issues a year. Right? And then it, I think, did it move up to eight? It might have moved up to eight. And Jimmy Olsen and um, Lois Lane were done the same way. But, um... This is 1980 when they got their first series. You know, we have um what's this 1983 when we have the big stuff that's going on with the with the Legion with Paul Levitt and um and Keith Giffen. Obviously Keith Giffen did this cover. And then um we had the title going to the Baxter Edition the Same time Crisis and um like Titans and the Legion were the only ones not affected by Crisis. Seemingly, it's not until well after even the Superman reboot, it still wasn't affected. Right? They just didn't do a story about Superboy. It wasn't until later where I think it was whole of it after saying he didn't have you know he was okay with the the burn you know the reboot. Some point later said we had to do a story about it, and that's when Byrne came up with the Pocket Universe storyline. So the Legion was kind of still rolling before they decided to do a crossover with Byrne to do, um, which would be the the so-called last Superboy story, right? So yeah, it's a thing where this is like this is '87, so the title from '80. To that is a mainstay, and it's it's last well into the '90s until the crash, and then we've just gone through reboot after reboot. So, I mean, ultimately, the crash of the suit. It wasn't by the time the X Men and the um, well the time the X Men and Punisher books were the rage. It was kind of harder to do the Legion. But if you look at the image image work, they were very much fans of this, The, you know, the traitor storyline. They had a traitor storyline in the Legion. Um, all the stuff that was going on in the Legion, you could see in the image guys and their type of storyline. And one of the things that I guess I should end on, even before the, the Fantastic Four, the dynamic of the Legion was a clubhouse of heroes, right? So if you have a clubhouse of heroes, it doesn't lend yourself to doing kind of human storylines. So one of the human aspects would be, say, Smallville, right? So having a backdrop of Smallville. But at the same time, when you expand this much, it was just originally three characters and like a gong show type of aspect to the show, to the comic book. Then it expanded so much, they almost needed a title. So... It's um, And you wanted to see how interesting things were in the 30th century, right? So one of the things is, like most comics, you have a good run. Not everything is the X-Men, but we kind of look at things in comparison to how well the X-Men did. And books like The Punisher, you know, fell to the wayside also. So that's it. This is my quick overview. I got a lot of Legion comic books that I want to go through of this period before I was reading it, you know, and, you know, after no, is it after no, I think before Marvel took over every book that I was reading. So I only only book you know, only stuff that I was getting was I don't know. I started getting the Titans again. But um as a kid, when you're rationing out your money <laughs> you kinda decide you it's funny to see the books you didn't get, but I was, you know, I think yeah it was um it's weird it's funny how I was reading I don't know I think I'm going on too long here but my last bit I share the books I had as a kid I had this one I told you I had this one Oh, so then I had a few. Did I have a few in succession? No, I didn't have this one. I had this one. I definitely had this one. I believe I had this one. Right? And then for some reason, I don't know. Because at the same time, my mother was taking me to the new stand. So it just depended on if we were early enough to get to the newsstand. If we didn't, weren't early enough to get to the newsstand, I wouldn't get any comics. But um, during that weekend, I would buy back issues. So a lot of times the back issues weren't really any of the new comic books. When I go to the comic book store, my mind was just set on getting back issues. So this is give you an overview of when I was kind of hooked into the Legion. You know, I enjoyed the times the Superboy would show up. But there were so many cool characters in the book that I was reading it for. Um it was you know, it was always just uh this a cool book that was out there. And obviously it, you know, lasted from the I guess it's the fifties or maybe it's even I gotta look if it was the late forties, but um, possibly the late forties. Yeah, I guess cause it's um but yeah, they had a you know, they had a long, you know, a long backup feature thing and adventures leading to it kind of muscling its way to the Superboy title where they they got second billing to Superboy then of course as I keep pointing out Superboy got a new number one they muscled and kept Superboy's numbers Superboy gets cancelled with the hopes of getting his own another series which would be once again, a uh, a dual book, I guess, to save him and um, Supergirl. Because Supergirl, I think that got canceled in issue 23. And they were talking about in Superboy that, oh, it's going to be a new Superboy and Supergirl book. 48 pages. Now, DC isn't really big on doing the 48-page books. So it kind of went by the wayside where they were deciding in 84 to do their crisis thing. So they decided to shelve the Superboy idea and they kept it shelved. he at that point, I think Superboy Prime shows up in, um, shows up in, what's that thing? Shows up in DC Comic Presents and he shows up in Crisis also. So, and that's a different Superboy from a different earth, right? So there you go. The, I think I covered everything I was—I think I was supposed to talk about it being the clubhouse of heroes and how that dynamic worked this way, a little bit into the Fantastic Four. But the Fantastic Four kind of had the because um, the Fantastic Four don't have masks, similar to the Legion. But at the same time, the Fantastic Four had a lot of human moments, whereas the Legion is kind of harder to do human moments or do you know utilizing characters outside of Lana Lang and the Kents. And obviously, you saw we saw. Um, yeah, there's a lot of human stuff in the earlier things, but there's so much cool stuff happening in the future. Kids would be drawn to not seeing Smallville all the time and seeing what new future characters and villains they could fight. And there's a lot of cool characters and villains that were created for the, the Legion. So an artist, you have, as I said, Dave, obviously you had Kurt Swan, you have Dave Cockrum, you had, you know, starting his thing. You James Sherman. Walter Simonson did an issue. Mike Grill, as you see right here. Then, then you keep going on. You have um Steve Ditko did a couple of these issues that I bought off the stands. Um, you keep going. Pat Broderick, I suppose. keep keep gripping. Um, Steve, I think, I think Lighty, I think that's how you say his name. So you had a thing, Greg LaRock So you had this thing where the title was really on the end. I guess that's where I can. I know I can end it here. I'm gonna end it here saying the one thing they didn't get, which they only had one title, is getting Perez, R.I.P. Perez to do a, a a Legion title. Right? There's something that should have happened. They should have figured out since he said the Legion was his favorite title as a kid. So um there we go. Almost 40 minutes of Legion overview to lead you to, if you guys like, we can do some more of this stuff you know, as I go through it. You know, I've only kind of looked through some of these issues. I know I know the Reflecto storyline, so I can go through those first. But I'd like to see these other issues that Mike Grell did, because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, um, yeah, so I guess that's it. Spinner right out.